that's a big thing about like you know old school televisions like you just you purchase this media buy of like this huge swath and it's like ten yeah. percent of those people that are seeing that commercial on TV are your actual buyers yeah so it's like a, it's a matter of paying attention to what like what apps what different things that people are engaging with and and and, and understanding then the ad strategy behind how to leverage that that platform so I think it's really just a matter of research and understanding where consumers are going to be. Welcome to another episode of The Drive. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. All right, uh, Ding, thank you so much for taking the time to come jam with me, hey, man. I really appreciate it. Man, this is a cool ride. I know, this is going to be fun. Um, hey, for everybody out there that's watching or listening right now and don't know who Dane Seville is, yeah. let's start with that two minute origin story. Yeah. Who is Dane? So it's actually pretty eclectic, right? I mean, like, I mean, I was a high school English teacher. I worked for the Department of Defense, Department of Navy, uh, worked in an advertising agency, and I worked in a 33-store group in the marketing department. So our CEO of Renew Marketing was the marketing director there. I parted ways there. A couple other guys parted ways from that 33-store group, and then we reunited, hence Reunion Marketing. Oh, really? Is yeah. that how the name That's how the name yeah. actually came about, because we all reunited yeah, from that 33-store group. So we were there. Well, we were there, the, uh, Dave, our CEO, the last four years, he's the marketing director. We increased revenue from $800 million to $1.4 wow. One out of every four cars in the county was sold by these these dealerships. So we, we vastly increased uh, leads and, and, you know, for the salespeople to make sales. So. Oh, so that is how Reunion Marketing, the name, came about. That's how the name came about. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I know there's one more thing that you didn't put in there. And we got to talk about it. Uh-huh. Uh, do, do you purposely not put that in there? I think you did. I think you I did. I think I might have skipped I think that. you did. I think we need to talk a little bit about your semi-professional wrestling career. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did pro wrestling <laughs> for about 15 years. I toured Sorry, Japan. professional wrestling. I apologize. That's I right. Semi-professional. It, it was kind of semi because I, I never had a contract with like one of the big, one of the, <laughs> one of the big companies. But toured Japan, you know, been on Monday Night Raw a couple times. You know, I've wrestled a bunch of guys. Old school names like I've been in the ring with Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, Ric Flair. You've been, uh, you've been in the ring with Ric Flair. Yeah, I yeah, I, I partied with Ric Flair too in Pittsburgh, but we'll, we're not going to talk about that here for other, recording. That's, that's we'll do off podcast. recording. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I imagine that was probably a party. Yeah, I, I'm actually credited with having Mick Foley's very last match. Really? Yeah. That is so cool. No, did you have a wrestling name? Mickey Gambino. Mickey Gambino. The nice guy. I had a pompadour, and I took, like, nice guy Eddie from Reservoir Dogs. So the, yeah. the pompadour says, yeah. nice guy Mickey Gambino. And that's how it came about? You're just like, that's... That was it. It was an homage to my mother my family lineage. I'm Italian-Irish, and my mom's name is Michelle. People call her Mickey, so that Mickey so Gambino. Cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's get right into it. Oh, yeah. We were talking a little earlier, um, off-camera before we got started, about the secret sauce. Secret sauce, yeah. And um, I, I, everybody wants to know what's in that secret sauce, and... Does the secret sauce actually exist? Uh, what's in the secret sauce is bullshit. <laughs> right? <laughs> if we're going to get down to it. So, yeah, I mean, there is no secret sauce. Like, you know, it's there's no silver bullet, no secret sauce. What it is, it's grit and commitment. Yeah. That's the secret. Actually, that might be the secret sauce, grit and commitment. That's what it is. And it's just, it's, it's just execution at the yeah. end of the day. That's what it is, yeah. right? You know, um, look, at it, for dealerships out there and their marketing efforts, we're all using the same ingredients. Yeah. You know, we got Facebook ads, we got Instagram ads, we got YouTube, we have um, LinkedIn, we have Snapchat, we have 
Uh, Google ads, it's what you do with those ingredients might change a little yeah. bit, but that's not necessarily secret sauce because those ingredients are pretty obvious. I mean, yeah. everybody has access to those ingredients. Exactly. Right? It's just, it's a matter of like innovation. How can you, what, what unique, how can you uniquely position yourself with using those strategies? Yeah. You know, and, how, and staying on top of it, like whenever responsive search ads launched, like was your company ready to go with that innovation? Exactly. So it's just, it's a matter of staying on top of things. Like you said, it's execution. It's whoever can execute the best. Like you said, we're all using the same ingredients, but you know, it's like chefs. Like you have, you have, you know, your four-star Michelin chefs and you have your diner chefs and you know, you have your McDonald's chefs Yes. and it's a matter of, you have these ingredients and how can you, who most masterfully puts these together, right? Exactly. Now uh, let's talk a little bit about those ingredients uh, because I, I, a lot of things have changed. And I still don't think maybe even dealers are aware of some of the new ad formats and what's even available to them. And you know, dynamic remarketing ads. I mean, or dynamic inventory ads. Yeah. There's just there's just so much out there. In fact, actually, let's start let's talk about remarketing actually real quick because there's a lot of things changing, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Right? There's a lot of legislation coming down as far as the usage of cookies go. Yeah. Uh, if you know, what's your thoughts and opinions on? Because we built our industry on remarketing. Yeah. Like. There's not a dealership out there that doesn't like a remarketing <laughs> ad. It's like, yeah. I want to see my face everywhere, a hundred times a day, you know? Yeah. So what's your thoughts and opinions on how remarketing is going to change over the next few years? You know, that's like the, that's like the, the, the question of the day, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, to overestimate how, how dramatically things might change, but it's definitely going to be, I think the big conversation is, you know, really understanding the use of first party data. I think yes. I don't want to I don't want to say to what degree remarketing will change. What I want to say is I want to change the conversation to what degree you're using your first party data. Well, let's talk right. a little bit first of how it's changing. Cuz I think a lot of dealerships aren't even aware what's changing. You know, I mean, uh, a few years back we could have 30, 40, 50, 60,000 people in a remarketing bucket. Now I'm seeing remarketing buckets that might be 3, 5, 7,000. Yeah. You know, so uh, the the way that we're using cookies have changed so much. If you're, if you got an Apple phone, you know, uh, those that operating system now is only allowing remarketing efforts for 24 hours. Yeah. One day. Yeah. We have one day to remarket to that person off of just a basic cookies. Yeah. And Chrome, obviously, being Google, they're the ones that are holding on to it the longest. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they're even saying in the next anywhere from a year or so or under, yeah. right? They're also going to ban or change, you know, the concept of a cookie. Yeah. Exactly. So how does it, so let's talk about first party data and let's talk about third party data. So the dealerships out there can understand the difference between the two of them. So you want to explain the difference between those two? Yeah. I mean, with like third party data is, you know, whenever, uh, it's using like other, like I don't want to say purchasing. It's like getting a data from other websites. Like mm -hmm. when they visit another website, do other things across the internet that's not on your website, yep. you leveraging that data to then remarket. Yep. Whereas first party data, it's like people that are on your site, engaging with you, you know, they're, they're like they're they're your shopper. They're on your website, interacting with your content. Yep. So you're thinking of cookies, right? Those are yeah. browser specific. Yeah. All right. Uh, a thumbprint is a device specific. So if you look at cellular devices, you know, I don't know, a few years ago, I think it was Google and Apple got together and you know made some collective decisions on how we were going to market to devices. Uh -huh. Now, now every device has a an advertising ID. All right, built into the device. Now those IDs only last for about six months, but now we're actually able to target the device, not necessarily just the browser usage. Yeah. You know, so that device now they can be targeted through 
uh, geolocation. It can target over a six month period, where they go, what are their habits. Habits of the device, none of the individual. I know that scares people a little bit when we talk about that. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I'll give you for example, we were running a campaign um, with Subaru and um, they wanted to target dog parks. Okay. So the other people that are actively online behaviorally shopping for a car in combination with the fact that they visit a dog park in the last six months. Yeah. You know, so that's, that, that, that's, the, next gen, that's the next gen, that's where we're going. You know, and I just don't hear a whole hell of a lot of people out there talking about how we access that data. And also, let's talk about data because there's a lot of companies out there that claim they have first-party data. Yeah. <laughs> it's a buzzword. There's not a great explanation of what data actually means, you know, yeah. and what we can legitimately actually do with it. So um, now let's go a little bit now. We'll, we'll get out, actually, let's go out the subject of data. Let's go into um, ad formats. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some ad formats out there right now that, from a cost perspective, you know, everyone has to look at what their budgets are. And I don't think anybody's going to be spending more money this year than they did the previous year, right? Yeah. So everything's just getting slightly tighter. Where do you see the big, the best bang for their buck right now as far as ad formats go? I mean, we're seeing the best bang for the buck really on like social media channels like yeah. like Facebook and then syndicating to Instagram. I mean, we're seeing like when you really employ a, a robust strategy, we're really seeing like the best you know, pound for pound, dollar for dollar return on, on investment in, in social media right now. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, because, you know, social media is more of like a stimulus channel. It's, you don't have to overly target and it's more of, it's, our philosophy is it's more like ad variety, getting, getting a robust mm-hmm. variety of ads in front of people to, to do two things. One, helps with ad recall because they're seeing a, you know, a variety of different ads. And two, Frequency is always important. Exa- yeah. Right? And then it helps battle ad fatigue. So it's like, it's not the same ad hitting them all the time where they just want to mute you out. Yeah, I think if, if any dealership could take away one little strategy and make a very positive change in their efforts this year, it's that get away from this idea that it's one ad fits all. Yeah. You know, uh, it, you're going to be marketing a, an F-150, right? Putting out a singular ad, you know, even though you may have cut it up in multiple sizes, that's, that's just not enough. Yeah. You know, like we have to get more specific with our ads as far as audience go, you know, and then even within those audiences, you know, it's like, are you just, if you're targeting, um, older gentlemen, you know, over the age of 55, you know, with a higher net worth, you know, or income running a single piece of creative against them, probably not the best idea. Yeah, I mean, you think your truck buyer is different than your sedan buyer is different than your, your SUV yeah. buyer. And really, if you really get down to it, you're, you're like, if you're talking about like Toyota, your Tacoma buyer is different than your Tundra buyer. Yes. They're looking for, they have different needs, different interests, you know, different things they want, you know, to, to satisfy, you know, their, their interest in vehicles. And then it's like, when you have, and it's funny because people are, you know, people are fickle creatures, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you have one single piece of creative, you just have this one stock image of like a white F-150. Let's go back to the F-150. Yeah. Some people just don't like white cars, yeah. right? I don't. And it, but but if you give them the options, you know, if you tailor that message and like you use like carousel ads, where they can scroll through, it's like you're giving them options. Because even it's like trim levels. Yep. You know, you you see that price and they go, I love the F one fifty, but I don't want to pay X number of dollars. As they're scrolling through the carousel, they go, Oh, that price point matches what I want to spend on a vehicle. Yeah. Right. So then, it, what what's great too is whenever you're using that actual inventory instead of a, a just a stock image. Then you get them to your website, and your website's the land of no competitors. It's like yep. that's they're engaging with your content, getting eyes on inventory, and ultimately, it's kind of the goal. You want to get people looking at your vehicles, right? One hundred percent. 
Um, you know, another buzzword I'm kind of hearing right now that's getting tossed around a lot, and I'm not even 100% sure if it's just something made up or if it's something that actually exists. If you're, if you're ad tech, like people are now talking about what kind of ad tech are you using? And I'm like, what is that exactly? <laughs> and I just... I just only heard it recently in the last six months from a couple different vendors, and I'm just like, is this a is this a new buzzword that I'm just not aware of? I've not heard. I, I guess like, what I've it is, really it's, it's like it's distribution. It's like how are they actually distributing it? Are using technology to actually distribute the ads themselves versus just manually choosing, you know, yeah. when it goes? I don't know. I guess it makes sense. I just thought I'd ask. To me, to me, it's 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 the idea of like I'm hearing and it. it it's synonymous sort of with that. It's like automation, 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 automation. Maybe it's like removing it it's removing the human element and I, yeah. I think that is a grave mistake. I think I think, so I think you can't you it's dangerous to overly automate. Yeah. There should be automation with human oversight, always. There should yes. always be human eyes making sure that things are operating as they should. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like like I said it and forget it, right? It's like Yeah, we're kinda of getting to that point kinda of in our industry where we're just kinda of looking for these um, I don't know these easy buttons yeah and you know unfortunately you know when i first started in this industry i mean even the gms or the gsms that were active in their marketing efforts like they spent a lot of time thinking about their career they got they spent a lot of time thinking about how they're going to put that ad mat out into the into the newspaper you know now it's just like i don't know with maybe just digital and maybe what's being out there is people are just kind of looking to check off the proverbial box that they yeah. did it yeah. You know, not really spending the time to actually understand, you know, how people are engaging with the ads. So let's talk about ad engagement because I think that's another thing that people are just kind of, there's yeah. multiple levels of ad engagement. Yeah. You know, um, I think we're way past the day of a click being the only Absolutely. form of ad engagement. Yeah. So, you know, what what do you guys do? What you guys are measuring right now as far as ad engagement goes? Yeah, so if we're looking a lot at like, like return visitors to the website because, okay, you, you know, like you just said, a click is just a click, but... If a click and then that person returns to the website, that clearly indicates to us that there was there was the ad resonated, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's also other t- things like, like time on site, you know, page depth, you know, like how many pages they look at, are they are they, are, you know, uh, engaging with your website, going to different things, you know, like how long are they spending on your site? But the the primary thing was what we were looking at is return rates, and what we noticed is when we started running with our our dealership partners, like that robust Facebook ad strategy I was talking about mm-hmm. before. You know, are these dealers are seeing four times the re-engagement rate than dealers that aren't running this sure. robust strategy? So it's sure. like you're looking at, you know, like 15%, you know, one week later, 15% of those people coming back as opposed to like 4%. So, you know, I think re-engagement is one of those key factors of determining whether or not it was just a click or whether the, the click was something that resonated with the user. Yeah, I mean, e- even like, let's use the example of the carousel real quick yeah. because I think that's an easy one for people to kind of grasp in their heads okay yeah, and there's multiple pictures I'm sliding through but even just the j- just the sliding of the images all right is a measurable engagement Ex- yeah exactly you know Definitely. so it, it's like they don't even necessarily have to click on the ad for that engagement to take That's place a great point. well I, look I think at the end of the day like, people are trying to figure out like you know cookies are dying pretty damn yeah. quick so it's like how do we get on top of this how do we how do we thumbprint the user over multiple devices? Yeah, you know, so there's a lot of apps out there that are using those uh, ad IDs, yep. and you know they're able to thumbprint the the ad ID. But if the app is low and used in multiple products, then they're able to thumbprint the entire user's devices, all of them. Okay, yeah, you know, so it's. 
I don't know, man. Right now, it's just like, I think everyone's trying to look for, like I said, no one's going to be spending more money this year. So everyone is just, in general, just looking for what, you know, how can I capitalize on, you know, that next ad space, you know? And that's why I think for us, video has become such a big part of our business. Honestly, I never, never, never anticipated that we were going to be doing this much video. I always knew I was going to do, personally, a lot of video. Uh Um, But it's, uh, it's it's changed so much. I mean, when you're thinking of, if someone was to come to me, you know, five years ago and say, hey, Jason, I can put up a 30 second ad in front of someone who's behaviorally shopping for a product that's similar to yours or exactly yours. And it'll cost you three pennies. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. (laughs) That doesn't exist. All right. Okay. Where's the snake oil? What is going on here? But I mean, that's literally what we're seeing right now. That's incredible. It's yeah. insane, that isn't is it? Insane. Three I mean, it's cents. just it, three cents. Yeah. I got some de- Actually, it's funny. I have a dealership right now. Uh, I thought there was something wrong with their dashboard. I actually had to send a ticket into Facebook because I thought there was something wrong because it actually said 0.01. <laughs> I'm like, okay, something's up with the dashboard. Yeah. It's not It's not correcting it. So reached out uh, to Facebook. They go, no, that's actually correct. I said, fuck off. A tenth of a penny? <laughs> Is what their video view, <laughs> what their video views were? Yeah, I was like, what? You know, but it was just they were in a demographic and the, where we were targeting, who we were targeting, nobody was targeting them. Yeah. So I mean, it's just an auction format. There is just a lot of inventory, and when the inventory is not getting bought up, it is really, really, really cheap. Yeah, and the good, I mean, the great thing about video is like, it fits automotive retail perfectly because it twofold, is. it's it's a people business. Yep. You want to trust the person you're dealing with, and it's a visual business. I mean, look yeah, at the interior yeah. of this vehicle, right? Well, I mean, it's a, it's it, 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 people are visually stimulated by vehicle. I mean, that's why you think all the you're continually updating the aesthetics of of cars because yeah. trying to keep up with people's tastes and flavor. Well, that's also kind of how our brain operates, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, we we store motion graphics or videos in a different place than we would store just stationary Absolutely. graphics. And then I I think. I think another thing, I'm thinking strategy-wise, I've just been thinking a lot about this year, right? And uh, how I'm gonna try to, you know, again, no one's increasing the budget, so what am I gonna do with those budgets? And, you know, looking back on, you know, over the 800 videos that we produced last year, you know, which ones were the ones that had the highest engagement? Yeah. To your point, a lot of return traffic, you know, you know, and low cost, ridiculously, but you know, what was it? Trying to dissect and trying to, yeah. to figure it out. And you know what we started realizing? It was any kind of creative that we can evoke an emotion out of. Yeah. So, you know, if uh, we can make you laugh, that's always a great thing, right? Yeah. And you think about it, like, when, you know, if, if I asked you what were the last, you know, three display ads you saw, you probably wouldn't be able to recall yeah. even three, you know? Like, probably <laughs> not at all, you yeah. know? Because we're just so desensitized to imagery being everywhere, right? Yeah. But if I asked you what were the last three YouTube videos you watch, high probability you actually remember all three yeah oh for sure and, and then when you look back on why you remember them it's because they evoke some type of emotion yeah either they they pissed you off right i couldn't believe that person said this <laughs> you know okay yeah um or it, it made you laugh yeah you know um or it tugged at your heartstrings a little exactly. bit so you know it's it's i think for your dealerships out there that are looking to kind of find more of a cost-effective way to share that uh, to share that message is that it should be a goal and objective to try to evoke some level of an emotion into it. I love that you're saying that because since I've been in automotive, my biggest complaint is like things are too focused around like price yeah. at the dealership level. And I mean, if you think about it, like like when you think about like the OEMs, like it's like 
they typically try to create commercials that appeal more to emotion, right? Yeah, well, they're trying to do something. I mean, I like. I mean, not all the commercials, but there are built the, in. The, to the day one, the uh, schmop pack. Yeah, schmop pack. <laughs> like, come yeah. on! I mean, who didn't smile and right. laugh a little bit? Like Captain America is there, and we're like, what? What is going on right now? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, that's. I, I feel like that's what's missing at the dealership level of of, of, of that. There's not enough emotive advertising. To get people invested. Emotive advertising. Is, is that an actual, is that a thing or did we just make that up? I think we might have just made it up. That is awesome. <laughs> I am, we're going to add, I'm, yeah, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to add that to my listing. Emotive <laughs> advertising. That's, that is yeah, awesome. I mean, that's you exactly want, what it is. <laughs> you want to evoke something from people. I mean, that's the whole, to me, the whole purpose of advertising. Like I yeah. said, I'm, as a writer, like my background's in writing and yeah. I felt like, you know, I remember writing these these different scripts for dealers, and I'm like, I mean, this is really this is really good, really creative. And they're like, well, why why didn't you like front load the price at the beginning of this the script? And it's like, I'm trying to make a connection here. Like, yeah, that's, that's that's a good point. I think right now is that and a lot of dealerships marketing efforts is that we're trying to. Um, we're trying to literally come up with a message of price before we even connect with them. Yeah. It's like there's no foreplay. Like foreplay's <laughs> yeah, over. It's yeah, right. like, you know, let's yeah. put a ring on it. You know, it's just like, I mean, I look at this creative, a lot of the creative that's being pumped out there and it's just like, buy me now. Yeah. Whoa, hey, right. hold on. We haven't even gone on a date yet. Maybe buy me a couple drinks, you know, right. but like, it's like, no, Work let's put a ring. A little bit. Right? So I'm thinking that that is probably a really good strategy for people that are looking at optimizing their ad spend this year. Is, is to think about that, you know, how are you courting that consumer? And, you know, I, I think about this and, you know, you meet someone for the first time, maybe you're interested in, in dating with them, yeah. you know, you, you, you try to evoke an emotion out of them. Maybe tell them a little joke, exactly. you know, tell a little story or something like charming. that. Yeah, right? You know, there's, there's something that's there, but for some, we just have this very cold, very stale kind of a yes. approach to it where it's just price, 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 which, I, I'm not saying price is not important. I'm it about is. To say, I'm not trying to indicate that price is irrelevant. Yes, I agree. Uh, I, I think it's incredibly <laughs> it's important. You know, but it's not. It's not the first. It's not the most important thing. It's like let's try to connect with the consumer in yeah. some way, and and, and to your point, uh, it, it's actually it's kicking it old school. Yeah. You know, our industry has always been a people business. Yeah. You know, so um, have you seen this executed well with anybody? Like, have you seen people really start to, you know, push the message of their people? No. Do you have some not, ideas about how maybe somebody might do that? There's one, there's one girl, so it's, she's not, I don't want to say she's not supported by the dealership because I don't know. Yeah. But there's this girl, Allison Sells Cars, and she does a great job at branding herself. Okay. And, and she's out there with, you know, her emojis and, 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 you know, different ways of content connecting with people. Um, you know, it's. But I don't, I don't see the dealerships really. I can't think of an example of a dealership really pushing out the message of, of their people. Well, I think, I think there's a way to hack it, right? Um, let's think of um, walk around videos, all right? It, if a dealership is embracing any type of video, for some reason, it's the walk around. Yeah. Um, and I gotta be honest with you, the majority of them out there are the most boring ass things to watch ever. Yeah. It's just like, let me watch some overly nervous salesperson uh, just regurgitate whatever the hell the brochure just said. Yeah. You know, um, but I think there's an opportunity within a walk around to highlight the person as much as the product. Yeah. You know, it's like, instead of just talking about the features of the car, let me find out the features of the car that that person likes. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and you can relate that. So, you know, uh, maybe it's like, you know, my family, I have two young sons, you know, we're going to hockey on a regular basis. And if you're a hockey family, you know the insane size of this equipment that yeah. we're carrying around. I mean, these bags are literally just as large as the kids are themselves, you know? And it's like, let me show you how many hockey bags you can actually yeah. fit in the trunk of this bad boy. You know, it, it's, so then it's, it's A, it's relevant to the audience yep. that's seeing it. Uh, B, we're learning a little something about that person. Yeah, so it's like, we're yeah. that's right, we're humanizing it. So when I come into the dealership and I talk to, you know, uh, Susan, you know, it's like, oh yeah, which I, I saw that video. What team do your kids play for? Yeah. Like we can have- You're giving them something to have a conversation. Yeah, I had um, this one gentleman, uh, young guy, and I was, we were working on a walk around and I asked him what his favorite feature was. And he looked at me and he said, the power seat. I'm like, the power seat? That is not a feature I would have anticipated this yeah. guy to say. I'm like, really? That's a big deal for you? Uh, but then he, went, he goes, no, 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 but let me tell you why. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, the guy's six foot two. All right. Uh, power seats are a big deal for him. You know? Um, and actually, you know what the funny thing is? The speed of the power seat is a big deal for him. Because he's like, dude, I get in the cars. I'm like sit, literally sitting there for like a minute going. Slowly, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> And the favorite, his favorite feature on this particular car that we were talking about was how fast. He's like, look at this, dude. It was like, mm, five seconds, I'm good. Yeah. I was like, well, okay. Your knees I are crunched up and you're, you know, you're... I would have never thought, I would have never thought that that was a feature. Uh, but again, all right, someone watching could say, you know what? I'm tall too. I can relate with that. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, um, cool. So, so far, I think we got, you know, really kind of looking at, you know, the different ad formats. Um, diversifying the formats that we have out there um, and really kind of, you know, let's do that courtship up to that. And then let's really kind of bring that human element into it. Is there anything else that you think, you know, someone out there right now looking at the marketing strategy for this next year that could bring them, you know, just additional value and what they will be spending? It's really just a matter of research. Like where are people, it's, Paying attention to where people are actually engaging with content and meeting the consumer where they are at. That's a good point. So it's, you know, things have become obsolete. Like imagine like advertising on MySpace. It's like you got to see where the trends are. Where are people heading? Yeah. Where are your demographic that you're trying to reach? Your, your, your buyer, not just, you know, that's a big thing about like, you know, old school televisions. Like you just purchase this media buy of like this huge swath and it's like, yeah. 10% of those people that are seeing that commercial on TV are your actual buyers. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a matter of paying attention to what like what apps, what different things that people are engaging with and 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 understanding then the ad strategy behind how to leverage that that platform. So I think it's really just a matter of research and understanding where consumers are going to be. Well, I think it's a good point. I mean, um, I just started going back into LinkedIn uh, advertising for dealers. And not for not for a lot, but again, it's just first identifying really what the goal and objective is, yeah. and then defining the audience that's going to help us meet the goal and objective. And then to your point, what you just said is understanding where that audience is. You know, so I, I've taken on a handful, actually quite a few, quite a few of uh, new clients that have commercial vehicles. Okay. And that's not not a campaign, not a vehicle that we typically work yeah. on, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's really kind of understanding, you know, commercial vehicles, there are a lot of different audiences, right? You can have small businesses, you can have yep. super large corporations, you can have government employees, like yep. there's a lot of different audiences kind of fall into that place. So, you know, figuring out where those people are, yeah. you know? So now going into LinkedIn makes sense. 
you know, yeah. being able to target a larger corporation and a title in which they have, you know, that might be relevant to, you know, to, uh, to the customer. And, uh, and then targeting them with a specific message. Like, exactly. you know, are you in charge of fleet in your company? You know, have you seen these offers? You know, are you a small business owner? You know, going back to ad copy, which is a big thing for you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just making that content, making that creative relevant to, to the consumer. Speak to that individual. Yeah. And that's a big thing, you know, like you're talking about, like, you know, you're, now you're dabbling a little bit again with LinkedIn. It's like, there's so many platforms out there. Don't pigeonhole yourself into one. Like you shouldn't put, yeah. don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? That's been a cliche for how long now? And it's, yeah. so it's a matter of diversifying, diversifying the ad copy, diversifying the content, diversifying what channels you're hitting. Consumers. I mean, I think if if you follow even one of those three things we talked about here, um, you know, I think you're going to see more ROI on the ad dollars you will ultimately end up spending this year. Absolutely. That's cool. I think we're I think we're there. Yeah. Look at that, man. Nice. How about timing?